Welcome to DNA of a Dangerous Church. Get ready for powerful and practical insight on how to let the supernatural power of God Thank you for listening to DNA Join of your a Dangerous and Church. Anointed Be sure to subscribe to the show on CharismaPodcastNetwork.com or iTunes, Spotify. Follow Pastor Ben Shuffman on social media. Enjoy our mailing list for exclusive bonus training content at www.fmc.church/dangerous. And we have got a word for you that is going to train and equip you into more. What I'm about to release is a prophetic word and a prophetic teaching that will help you to become a mountain mover. It is the slingshot that will help you take down the giants in your life. If you have ever prophesied, wanted to prophesy, or wanted to just take your prophetic ability to another level, the revelation that I'm about to release right now is going to do that for you. Amen? So share this to somebody who needs to flow in a greater anointing to prophesy and move mountains to get to the victory. You need authority to get to your victory. And in order to take full authority, you must walk in prophetic power. Amen. So I had a revelation just recently where the Lord woke me up in the middle of the night. And that does not happen very often. It kind of unlocked this teaching And I believe it has unlocked a new season of prophetic power in my life. I've leveled up from this teaching I'm about to release, but I'm going to show you one of those examples. So today uh, I was helping Melissa Ray, who's on the screen right now. I was helping Melissa Ray with her book launch. She just wrote a book, going to be awesome guys, um, about her radical encounters with God. I believe that's the title exactly, Radical Encounters with God. And so I'm working with her. We help publish Christian authors. I help do that. I've had a best-selling Amazon book, uh, self-published. So I help other authors to do the same. And so we're working with her. The graphics designer sent back an initial cover and I asked her if she was pleased with it. She says, hey, I had a kind of a different vision. So I said, let's find something that you like, send it to him so he has an idea of the style and let's change it up. And then all of a sudden, about an hour later or less than an hour later, I had an urge on me to to grab a particular graphic and use it for tonight's power hour that was different than the one I normally use. So I grabbed the graphic. If you've seen the graphic for this live broadcast, it's a Bible that has all these lights and, and, and flames all around it. Basically, the word is a lamp unto my feet. There is this light to the Bible. And I put that up and Melissa instantly messages me and she says, Pastor Ren, I just sent that picture to the graphics design guy and said, this is what I'm looking for, for the cover of my book. It was just absolutely amazing. God was speaking. We're right on track with what God is going to do. So I believe as the Lord was prompting me, I picked the exact same graphic that she picked out of all the graphics to send and say, this is the cover for the book. Just And it wasn't like we had 10 to choose from. We're talking about Google. 
So God moved mightily in that moment and showed me that, yes, there was a prophetic leveling up and that you're about tonight or on this uh, broadcast, whenever you're listening to it, you're about to have a radical encounter with God that's going to level you up into prophecy. It's about to happen. So I hope that that encourages you uh, and moves you into a place of faith of trusting what God is going to say. Okay, so I'm going to go through this quickly. At 3.56 in the morning, on Sunday morning, the Lord jolted me awake. Now, when I mean jolted, I mean instantly I knew it was the Lord because this does not happen to me very often. I knew God was waking me up because instantly I threw myself to the clock to see what time it was. And I felt the spirit of the Lord say the time on that clock is very important. Get up. And I don't get up at 3.56 in the morning when I have to preach the next morning. I had gone to bed around 11, so I hadn't had much sleep. This was not normal for me, but I awoke with an urgency to go find out what the Lord was saying. So I began to press the Lord about what to look up. And as I searched out the scriptures, I knew this one was going to be significant. The Lord said lamentations. So uh, it just so happens that lamentations has a verse 56. And it says this in chapter three, you heard my plea, do not close your ears to my cry for help. So the Lord was saying, in this season, I hear what my people are saying like I haven't before. There is an extra attention to God's ear to hear from you. When you prophesy, the Lord is listening intently to what you have to say. So we need to understand that that our, our prophecies in this season, our prophetic decree, our voice, our prayers are uh, being intently listened to by the Lord. And the Lord said, I'm not done with you. And he took me to Revelations chapter three, verse five and six. So 356. And he said this to the one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments. And I will never blot out his name out of the book of life. I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. And I knew when I read that, that the Lord was speaking to his church. I felt very strongly when the Lord woke me up that he had a prophetic word to deliver to the church and that he was trying to say something about the realm of increase of prophecy. Because I felt on my spirit, there was an increase of prophecy coming. I'm standing in the presence of God, worshiping him, standing more like prostrate and falling over. But as I'm praying, I feel like the Lord is releasing a new level of prophecy. And so as I read these scriptures, I realize he says, I'm listening to you and you're listening to me. There is extra listening happening. And he says, listen to what I have to say to the churches. He who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. So then he says, turn to Proverbs chapter three, verse five and six. And it says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding because I'm going, Lord, I don't fully understand this word that you're saying. And that's when he told me to turn to Proverbs. Do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. So Lord, I'm listening to you. I'm acknowledging you and I'm not leaning on my own understanding. What is it you fully want to release to the church? So he's taken me to these three scriptures so that I can have a firm foundation, but I still feel like this is about prophecy, but those three scriptures don't have anything really to do with prophecy other than the speaking part, perhaps, but it's not concrete. So I said, Lord, I need a fleece from you. If this is about prophecy and I'm interpreting this right, I'm hearing you. I know I'm hearing you, but I want to make sure that I'm interpreting you right in the season. So I need you to take me to something about prophecy. So I know this is about prophecy. So I felt like the increase of prophecy was coming. And then God gave me a word about 3.56, 3.56 a.m. 
about that as prophecy. So the Lord had me look up the Greek word number 356. Now, what's interesting is that the Hebrew word for 356 is my middle name. So you think the Lord's got my attention right now? Okay. So the Greek word for 356 is called analogia. Analogia, and that's where we get the English word for analogy. Our definition of analogy really doesn't fit the Greek terminology of that. It does loosely, but let me take you through that very quickly. It basically means this, a proportion or a measure. Okay, a measure. Let me give you a scripture that has analogia in it. Romans 12, 6. I know, should have been chapter 3, 56, but uh, didn't work out this time. Romans 12, 6. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, proportion being that word, analogia. Now, it also could be measure in your translation, it could say measure of our faith. So the measure of your faith, analogia of your faith, but it instantly, that word comes right after prophecy, prophecy, analogia. So the 356 analogia, the proportion of our faith about prophecy. So the Lord is speaking to us about the measure of our faith, directly having a result in how we prophesy in the gifting of prophesy and the level at which we prophesy. So I found that so interesting. Okay, Lord, I see the fleece. I see you're talking about prophecy because here's the word for 356 and it has to do with prophecy. Well, Pastor Ren, you probably just found one of the hundred scriptures in the New Testament that has the word measure or proportion analogia in it and found the one that has prophecy. Uh, okay, maybe you got lucky and the first one you looked up was that. That doesn't mean it's the Lord. Well, here's the interesting thing. There's only one time in the New Testament that analogy is ever used. That's right. It's only written once. And when I say New Testament, Greek. Analogy is only one time. 356 is only used once in the New Testament. And that's right here, Romans 12, 6, right here about prophecy and the measure of our faith. But here's what analogy really means. Analogy is made up of two Greek words, Anna and Logos. Logia as in Logos. Anna means to complete a process. Whew. So the Lord's taken me through all these scriptures about prophecy. And I come to this completing of a process. Logos meaning the reasoning of the word. So literally, Anna, Logia, completing the process of reasoning out the word. Logos is the, the written word of God. So completing the process of reasoning out the word of God. So God wakes me up at 356 to reason out what 356 means and why he's waking me up to see that there's this increase of prophecy. So are you seeing and catching the revelation of what's coming out here? I haven't got to the good stuff yet. You're saying, Pastor Ren, that's great. You had a revelation. I'm getting to the teaching that's going to shift you into being able to walk in this and to hear the Lord concretely and to know where he's moving you. So I want to paint that different. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let them use them. If prophecy, after you have completed the process of reasoning out the word according to your faith, you'll level up with prophecy. God is moving us into a greater measure of prophecy in this season. Now, God took me all through Revelation. Listen to my Sunday message if you want some more on that prophetic 
moment where he woke me up and the full gift of prophecy. Uh, I go into Revelations chapter three, verse one through six on my Sunday morning message. So go back and find that on YouTube, Freedom Fellowship Church, and you can listen to the full Sunday message that has some more details about this particular thing. But I want to get into the teaching of what I want to talk about with prophecy tonight. I want to say this, when I'm talking about prophecy, I'm not particularly talking about words of knowledge tonight. Uh, I'm able to name off your birthday, or I'm able to tell you something detailed. I, I talked to a worship leader today and I asked her if she had an eight-year-old girl. Uh, and she has a girl that's about to turn eight in a few days. So that's a detailed word of knowledge that the Lord gave me over her. That's not what I'm referencing when I'm talking about prophecy. And I'm not even talking about future prophecy tonight. I'm talking about the power of your prophetic decree. It is the slingshot that can bring down Goliath in your life. It is the mountain mover of your life. Okay. And I'm talking about what the scriptures talk about that we need to increase our faith that we are able to prophesy, increase our faith in what the Lord is doing so that we can walk in a greater measure of prophecy. Your faith is directly tied to the increase of prophecy in your life. First Corinthians 13, two says it this way. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so as to move mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. So I want you to get this. While we're talking about prophecy, it's not okay for us to prophesy outside of love. It, everything is held together by the love that we have for God and the love that we have for each other. If you lose sight of that, you will prophesy out of a false filter. If you do not love God, you will prophesy out of a false filter of judgment and condemnation. If you do not love the people you are prophesying over, you will prophesy out of a false filter of judgment and condemnation over them. You will have no compassion or empathy for them when you prophesy and you will not be listening to the heart of the father over them. So you cannot do this out of love, but I want you to catch what was said there because normally all we do is focus on love. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge. Okay. So we're talking about the completion of prophecy here, all the areas of prophecy. And if I have all faith. So if I have prophecy in its fullness and I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, listen to that. And if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, having faith coupled with prophecy can move mountains. This is it guys. We keep saying, speak to your mountain. But if you don't couple that with faith and make sure that you are covering everything in love, you will not walk as a mountain mover, still not to the good stuff yet. Oh, it's going to get good. This is the teaser information. So if you're already into it, I want you to catch what Romans 12, 6 said, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, the, the measure of your faith will measure how much of that mountain you can move. You just want to dust off the mountain. You just want to clear a little ledge so you can stand on the mountain. You just want to carve out a foothold with your prophetic voice so you can climb the mountain, or you just want to move the mountain out of your way. The measure of your faith will do that. Whew. I hope this is good teaching for you guys. Come on, share this out. Somebody needs to hear this message of what God is teaching tonight. All right, so let's go deeper. Because here's the important thing. We need to have a prophetic decree. What is a prophetic decree? Speaking to things that are not as though they are. Now, we know that there's an office of prophet. 
But we we also see that one of the greatest miracles and one of the greatest outpouring signs, wonders, there's a lot of debate. Like, should we chase after healing or prophecy? Well, of course we should chase after both, but a lot of people, which one's greater, healing or prophecy? Well, we know the word of God says the greatest gift is prophecy, but there's no office of healer. There's only an office of prophet. What if I told you that healing is prophecy? What if I told you that the gift of healing is really just another form of prophecy, the prophetic decree, the ability to speak to things that are not as though they are and see it happen, the ability to move mountains with our words, the ability to know things that we shouldn't know, words of knowledge, words of, of seeing the future come, seeing the past. These are all prophetic and so is healing. Healing is a prophetic decree and I'm going to prove that to you right now. Why is prophecy the greatest gift? Well, that's a good question, Pastor Ren. We know in the scriptures that Paul tells us over and over, and the word of God tells us that prophecy is the greatest gift. Wish that you prophesy. It's the greatest gift. But why is prophecy the greatest gift? I had someone challenge me with that a couple of weeks ago or a week ago and say, why is prophecy the greatest gift? And I looked at the Lord and said, well, Lord, that's a good question. Why is prophecy the greatest gift? And the download I got has shifted my prophetic voice and it's going to shift yours. Here's where it gets crazy. Prophecy is the first listed gift. Excuse me. Prophecy is the first listed gift. And it's also considered the greatest gift. And the reason is, is because it is the gift that literally most resembles the work of the Lord. What do I mean? Right in Genesis, we read, and the Lord spoke and the earth was created. The Lord spoke and said, let there be. And the earth and everything therein was created. Let there be. He released words from his mouth in order to create things. He spoke to things that were not as though they were. He released a prophetic decree and said what was not and made it so. That is an act of prophecy. So why is prophecy the greatest gift? Because everything in this world is held together by the DNA of prophecy. Everything around you is made up of the very fabric and molecules of prophecy that the Lord spoke into existence. It is the basis of creation. It's how he hung the stars. It's how he formed the innermost and outermost beings of you. You and everyone and everything you see in nature is a product of God's prophetic decree. You are not made from clay or dust. You are made from the spoken prophetic decree of God, which spoke the clay into existence and then formed you. You were molded out of the manifestation of a prophetic decree. You were made of the word fully completed in its process, moving from one point, clay, to another point, sons. You were clay, but you became sons of God. We can prophesy at the proportion of our faith, but when God made us, we are the prophetic expression of the proportion of his faith just going to let that sink in for a half a second. We are the prophetic expression of the proportion of God's faith. Prophecy is the greatest gift because you are standing in a world held together by the DNA of prophecy. 
if, if that's confusing to you, let, let me paint you a picture here. I did a science series a while back called In the Beginning. And in two of those, I talked about how God spoke the world into existence. And I proved it through two different examples that I used. One, I took a drum and I poured sand all over it. And then I blasted a particular frequency, a literal sound frequency through a speaker at that drum with dust, dirt all over the top of it, sand. And when I blasted that frequency, the sand went from a pile into the shape of a tortoise shell and a particular species of tortoise. And it was identical to the shape of that tortoise shell. So I proved that the tortoise shell shape came from a particular frequency that was blasted at the tur turtle, the tortoise. Now, I don't know the frequency of how thick the shell is. I don't know the frequency of the curve. I don't know the frequency of the legs. I don't know all of that, but I was able to find the frequency for the pattern of a tortoise shell. And so I proved that the tortoise shell came from a sound blast. Something was blasted that had a sound wave to it that created this turtle shell. And I did it live uh, in front of everyone. The second thing I did was I played a video from some scientists that they took water Remember what it says in Genesis, that in the beginning, God's spirit hovered over the surface of the water. They took a, can a giant canister of water and they blasted a sound frequency into the water. And when they did that, in the center of the water, the H2O molecules burst and gave birth to a little tiny star, visible with the naked eye. You could see this burning star. And when they measured it in this giant vat of of water, and it was only just very small, but you could see it with the naked eye, that it was as hot as our sun is. They were able to birth a sun with nothing more than the surface of water and spoken word, a frequency. You were molded out of a prophetic decree. You need to catch this. The greatest power we possess is the prophetic decree in us because our world is made up of it. Okay. So how does the matrix play into this? Pastor Ren, you said, how are we going to learn something about prophecy through the matrix, through inception, th these movies? You don't have to have watched the movie. Let me explain. In the movie, the matrix, Neo is the most powerful. There are other soldiers that fight the bad guys in the matrix. They have downloaded the ability to fight in their mind. They've downloaded the ability to use weapons, to fly helicopters. They have all these massive skill sets, all these giftings that have been given to them yet they're not able to beat the enemy. They're not able to conquer the world around them. They're not able to manipulate and change the world around them. They are just able to bend the world a little. They are able to kind of, you know, tinker a little bit with the world, but they cannot just change the world. And healing a little bit, like a lot of the giftings that we have, we're able to kind of shift the world around us, but we're not able to fully move mountains. We're just able to change the mountain, carve a foothold, get rid of a rock or two, get a little ledge, but we're not really able to move the mountain. But in the matrix, Neo is the most powerful of them because he can do the one thing they can't do. He can rewrite the code. And why is that valuable? Because it's the code that wrote the world he's in. It's the code that formed everything. It is the basis of the creation of the matrix. The coding is what determines the world they're in. And Neo, with a whim, can rewrite that code. He is able 
to speak to the language of creation. And therefore his gift is the most valuable of gifts. He, he knows how to fight. He's downloaded the ability to fight, shoot guns, but he doesn't need to do that because he literally is able to manipulate and control creation because he walks in the same power that created it, the coding. He is a coder in a world that was built by coding. Now in Inception, we have another analogy there. You have Inception where they go into dream states and they can, uh, if you are aware that you're in charge of that, they're able to manipulate and change the construct of the world of these dreams. Why? Because they're in a dream, they're able to think. The one that knows they're in a dream is able to simply imagine or think of anything and change that. Why? Because a dream is built on the very molecules of thought. It's a thought that controls the dream world. The world that they're in is controlled by thought. And he who has the ability to think in that environment, knowing his authority in that environment, is able to manipulate and change it. Maybe some of you have had that experience where you've had a dream and you became aware in your dream that you were actually dreaming. And then you took authority over the dream and you were manipulating and changing things and changing the scenery and flying. And some of you will relate in the comments. You can tell me that that's something that you were able to do. In Inception, the power came from operating in the ability to do that which created the world. Thought creates the dream world. Coding creates the matrix world. Those are movies, but in our world, they are created by the fabric of prophecy by the very thing that hung the stars was the voice of God. Therefore, the greatest tool you have is to prophesy your prophetic decree. Woo, I think some of you guys are realizing how powerful this word is tonight to shift you into the power to speak to your mountain and become a mountain mover. If you will simply recognize that you have the power of prophecy in your tongue, you were created in the image of God. He breathed the breath of life into you. You walk in prophetic power. And you are intended to prophesy. Well, Pastor Ren, I just don't have the gift of prophecy. Yes, you do. You are created in the image of a God who speaks. You have the ability to speak. You were made in his image. You might not be a prophet. You might not walk in the office of prophecy, but I promise you can prophesy. Now, I told you that healing was a prophetic act. How is that so? Because when I lay hands on you and I declare and command your body to be healed, I am speaking and shifting and changing and creating things that are not as though they are. I am like Neo recoding the matrix. Like Inception, I'm thinking and changing the world. I am changing your body by the decree of my mouth. Okay, now you can see someone get healed without speaking. I see it all the time. So I'm not saying that's the only way, but I'm saying there's something powerful about speaking and shifting. So your arm's broken? No, it's not. Why? Because I spoke it into existence. You must be healed. I release it into your body. I am recoding the matrix of this world through a prophetic decree. I, I'm just, guys, I'm not getting like, we're not actually in the matrix. Don't message me and say you think we're in some dream world. I'm just giving you analogies that will help you to process what I'm saying in a practical way that maybe makes sense to you. I hope this is helping you as much as it helped me because since I, I caught this revelation, there has been an unlocking that's happened in my heart that's just absolutely powerful. Okay, so there's three powerful things. There's a couple different steps we can take to walk in prophetic power. One is the greatest power that we possess is first to have ears to hear. 
If you want to walk in more prophetic power, you need to have ears to hear because we need to be releasing the words that God says. We need to be aligned up with his will. So when God says it, we release it. He speaks, we say. To be image bearers, we have to first acknowledge him, hear him, and begin to have faith that he hears us. So you see all of the scriptures that I mentioned earlier are tying together. And then we can speak over ourselves in our world. Let me say it this way so you catch it. God created us in his image. We're sons of his. Heaven is the place where God's prophetic word is perfected through him. Earth is the place where his prophetic word is perfected through us. Heaven, the prophetic word is perfected through him. Earth, the prophetic word is perfected through us. We're the ones that release the prophetic word on earth. He releases it in heaven. As it is in heaven, so it shall be on earth. He gave us dominion over the earth. I'm going to show this to you. I'm going to teach you something. The first prophetic act in the Bible. After God speaks the world into existence and creates man, he gives man an assignment. The very first assignment, the first command was this, subdue the earth, right? Take dominion over it. Be fruitful and multiply and take dominion over the earth. So he tells us to do that. But then what does he have Adam do? He gives Adam an assignment, a job to do. What does he have him do? He creates all the animals through a prophetic decree. He speaks the animals into existence. And then he tells Adam, Start speaking to the animals and give them names. Start taking dominion over the animals by speaking and declaring and giving them names. Adam was taking dominion by speaking over them and giving them names. It was an act, a first step of prophesying, of speaking to things that were not as though they are. Your name is this. You're called this. He was taking dominion by speaking over them. The very first act was an, was an activation of prophetic power of starting to move in that realm. It would have leveled up from there, but he didn't get much of a chance. See, because the word of God tells us this, it says, God's word does not return void. You were created by the word of God. You are not void. You need to catch how you were created. Some of you believe that you are void, that you are powerless. You come on here because you expect me to prophesy over you. I'm the one that has the healing anointing. And you need to recognize that you carry the same authority and same power and same gifting and same voice that I do. I am not the office of a prophet, yet I prophesy. So you need to catch that God wants to use you and you are not voided. I don't care what you went through. I don't care what your past looked like. I don't care how broken you were. You are not void. God's word is in you and it does not return void. You need to walk in the power and authority that God has blessed you with. You are not void. Some of you need to recognize that as you decree, your prodigals will return. They are not void. As you decree, blessings in your life will return. They are not void. As you decree it, finances will return in your life. They are not void. As you decree it, health will return in your life. Your health is not void. You are not void tonight. The bomb maker and the bomb squad. I was contemplating this, this idea about bomb makers. And how the word of God tells us the beginning of all knowledge is to fear the Lord. And so many people get confused by the fear of the Lord. You're not supposed to be afraid of God. That's not what the fear of the Lord means. It's an awe and a reverence. It, it, it's an awe and a reverence at a different level. It's to recognize that you're dealing with something so powerful, you shouldn't mess up. You shouldn't slip up. 
And I think about the bomb maker or the bomb squad. And I'm, uh, don't take bomb maker as some kind of terrorist analogy. I'm talking about like someone that makes rockets or someone that makes fireworks, let's say. Somebody that builds uh, demolition, you know, C4, whatever it is that they use, the dynamite and all that kind of thing that blasts holes through canyons and mountains and moves things for roads or, or brings down buildings that need to be brought down. So all that kind of thing. They have to put together these very powerful explosions. Okay. And it's a controlled explosion or the bomb squad that has to disarm a troubled bomb, something, a problem when the bomb squad shows up, you know, they're, they're wearing all of this armor and the armor has to match the danger ahead of it. It has to be thick enough to withstand the blast of that. The bomb squad doesn't just roll up on a bomb and look at it and go, huh? Yeah, that's a bomb. All right. Uh, just clip one of the wires. I'm sure it'll be fine. They clear everything. They walk over careful. They don't breathe too heavy. They take time to find which fuse needs to be cut, which line needs to be cut. They analyze the bomb and they take an awe and a reverence to the power that is in that thing. There is a fear of that bomb that allows them to be careful in its deconstruction. The same is true for the bomb maker, the explosive maker. There is a fear and an awe and a reverence for the ingredients that they're putting together that, hey, I can't be shaking this. I can't be violent with it. I can't be careless with it. I can't be distracted with it because this could blow up in my, that what I'm holding is so powerful that I need to have an awe and a reverence for it. That's what the fear of the Lord is. I'm dealing with a God that spoke everything into existence and is giving me instructions for my life. And there needs to be a fear and a reverence to how I need to proceed to protect myself and to walk in the right authority and to take power over that which wants to destroy me. There needs to be an awe, a holy awe that comes over you towards God. But here's the good news, friends. The word of God says that when God made you, he was the one that had the holy awe over you that you were fearfully and wonderfully made. That's what the word of God says, that God wonderfully made you, but it says you were fearfully and wonderfully made. So the same awe God wants us to have towards him, he had towards our creation. You are dynamite. You have explosive power in you that God carefully knit you together so intricately and so carefully that he had an awe and a reverence towards your creation because what he was playing with was pure fire. What he was playing with was pure power. What he was playing with, what he was putting together should not be put together or done carelessly. You are not carelessly made. God thinks you have value. God thinks you have power. God thinks what you walk in is worthy of him being very careful in your creation. That is a good word. Some of you needed to hear that right now. God wants to release you into more prophetic power. He wants to equip you in being able to speak and decree. If you will catch this revelation, God will use you in mightier ways to prophesy. You need to begin to speak to the enemy. Speak to the mountain and move it. The word of God says in 2 Peter 1.19, so we have the prophetic word made more sure to which you would do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your heart. The word, the prophecy, the prophetic word is a lamp unto your feet. The Bible says this, 
The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Catch that. So when Jesus heals you and you go around and you say, my knee was healed because Jesus healed me, you are prophesying. You are releasing the spirit of prophecy as you testify to Jesus. That is prophecy. You are declaring what was prophesied over you. Testimony is also prophecy. You see that? You can't get away from the prophetic power that's built into the earth. So when you say that God has done something good for you, you are prophesying. I want you to catch this. If testimony, if testifying about Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, we need to remember that spiritual principles work both ways. What have you complained about today? See, we live in a world right now where people would rather release their prophetic voice to complain about things and to talk about how they will never, or they just might not. I have never been around so many people, so many negative nillies that want to release their prophetic power to destruction in their own life and complain about their futures. You are prophesying when you testify about the wrong that's been done to you. Well, you don't know how they hurt me. No, I don't know how they hurt you. Or maybe I do, but I do know that when you testify about it, you're hurting yourself again. You're releasing prophetic power into that word again. See, the enemy doesn't have the ability to prophesy in power. That belongs to you. He needs you to come into agreement with his word. So when he whispers negative things into your ear and you release them as a testimony, you are releasing the spirit of prophecy into your negative complaint. You are putting power in your destruction and not in your uh, relief. Remember, there are two lions in the Bible. The Bible says he goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. That's the enemy. But we serve the Lion of Judah. Which lion are you going to give a roar to? Which lion has authority to roar? Some of you need to catch that your roar matters. Your voice matters. And giving power to the roar. You know, you think about Simba. And Simba was in the Lion King. He was sitting there and the hyenas came at him and he's trying to roar. Rawr, rawr. He's got this little baby roar. And he tries to roar and he musters all his strength and he lets out another roar. Rawr. But when the father comes behind him, when Mufasa comes behind him and releases his roar with him, there's authority and power in that roar. When we partner with God and his power and we release our roar, the father roars with us and there is power to move the darkness. But there is also another lion that wants to kill, still, and destroy. And whichever one you allow to be behind you and roaring is going to have authority with you. You need to walk in the roar of heaven. You need to walk in your power through the prophetic decree because of who your father is. You need to release heaven's roar, not the enemy's roar. Some of you need to stop asking for other people to roar and you need to start roaring. Why don't you have breakthrough and victory? Because you're not throwing the stone God gave you. Speak to the mountain and it must be moved. Decree and declare to your sickness that it must go, to your poverty that it must go, to your famine that it must go, to your lack that it must go. Take authority. Walk in it. That's the power of the prophetic decree. Thank you for listening to DNA of a Dangerous Church. Be sure to subscribe to the show on CharismaPodcastNetwork.com or iTunes, Spotify, Google, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Follow Pastor Ren Shuffman on social media and join our mailing list for exclusive bonus training content at www 
www.ffc.church/dangerous.